Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week we cover Week 2 of the Overwatch League, plus more news on Activision and Overwatch 2 events and updates. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Overwatch section of this week's episodes of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are on week two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we are on week two. Yeah, yeah. How's everything been, Kevin, in Kevin land or wherever, whatever you call north of the grapevine? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, it. I wish it was called Kevin Land. That'd be pretty sick. But, um, yeah, we're we're doing we're doing pretty okay. Um, I would say that we we're we're just chilling. Got a lot of uh stuff planned out for the for the future, uh, which I'll give you more info on once we start like rolling on it. Um, but yeah, been doing that. Been trying to coordinate everything on that end and uh relax and enjoy life while we have it you know uh <laughs> um very that, mellow that is, yeah just it, it's it's everything because i'm stressed i'm stressed as hell there's there's so much stuff going on that i gotta like you know process everything and make sure that we're we're all good uh in the hood you know like like <laughs> up, upstairs and then i could freak out about everything else later so that's uh <laughs> that's kind of how it's operating right now um, how about you? How's everything going on your end? Uh, I am less stressed than I normally am, but I am still very stressed. But I mean, I don't have to worry about like actually doing film fest stuff. I just have to process payments and whatnot and put them on a spreadsheet. Um, yeah, my life is mostly spreadsheets right now. So I think that's I think that's my biggest update is I, I've gone from being very stressed about everything to being only slightly stressed about spreadsheets. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> At least everything is in one place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to leave the house except for rehearsals anymore. Um, okay. So we are, this is picking up, I guess from the news episode. If you've already listened to that, if not, um, this Overwatch episode, since we talked a lot in the news episode, um, is just going to be both Overwatch news and a little bit from the league this week. Um, so the biggest, biggest thing to come out from Overwatch and the world of Blizzard is this new diversity tool thing that came out. Um, so... Blizzard, Activision, Activision, Blizzard, or King, I guess it's King who really came out with this because it on the blog it says King's Diversity Space Tool. Um, but Activision Blizzard, I guess going back to um, 2020-ish, 2021, they said they'd be a little bit more transparent and, and look for more ways to, I guess, I'm guessing this is probably now 2021 that I think about it. Um yeah december 2021 they wanted to be more transparent about diversity and um include more diversity and representation in their games as i guess maybe kind of a backlash to everything that's been going on with them um in the report that blizzard released women make up only 24 percent of the activision workforce and 30 percent of 36 percent of employees um, based in the United States, identify as a member of an unre- underrepresented, underrepresented ethnic group, um, and, and somehow that led to a um, I don't know how to describe this, but there's this tool developed alongside the MIT Game Lab that ranks diversity called the diversity space tool and it i don't know how it does this but it gives a numeric value to characters dependent upon culture race age cognitive ability 
physical ability, body type, facial features slash beauty, gender identity, sexual orientation, and socioeconomic background. And it maps it out on this chart and it gives them numbers or whatnot. And it's so weird and so creepy and, and it's kind of ridiculous. Um, it's just, it's, it's the wrong way to go about diversity guys. This is not good at all. People were obviously very like freaked out about it. They were like, this is very stupid. This is ridiculous. How are you, how are you, how, how did this just come out about in any way, shape or form? And it's like, if you look at, I can't find the imagery, um, right now, but if you look at like Anna being put on this chart, like Anna from, from Overwatch, like it, it ranks her with numerical ability, like numerical values, just based on her, like her traits, like, um, she old. is one old one eyed has a four for whatever reason. <laughs> one eyed is a four slim for body type. Slim and curvy is ranked at a zero. Um, I don't want, I don't want grandma to be ranked <laughs> slim and curvy, please. It's really weird. Have mercy. It's really weird. And then, and they kind of apologize, quote unquote, apologized about it in a tweet. We recently shared a blog post that raised questions about how we approach diversity in our games. While the prototype tool has been tested internally, it is not in active use. Our dev teams have always and will always continue to drive in-game content. We have updated the post to clarify the purpose of the tool, which is one small component of our broader DE&I efforts and is not intended to be a replacement for diversity perspectives. We regret any offense that the original post may have caused. Um, and like... It is noted that, like, the Overwatch team was like, hey, no, we don't use... Oh, here, here's the post. Okay, so for, for, for Anna, for culture, Egyptian is ranked at a 7. Race is Arab, ranked at a 7. Age, 60, 7. Cognitive ability, it's blank, 0. Physical ability, 1-eyed, 4. Body type, slim and curvy, 0. Facial features slash beauty, slightly aged, 1. Gender identity, woman, five. Sexual orientation, heterosexual, zero. Just let that sink in, Kevin. It's just so weird. Like, don't rank my grandma. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, um, so Overwatch developer Melissa Kelly in our tweet said, God, I swear our own company tries so hard to slaughter any goodwill the actual devs who have made, who made the game have built. Overwatch doesn't even use this creepy dystopian chart. Our writers have eyes. The artists have eyes. Producers, directors, etc. as far as I know, also all have eyes. You know what drives our diversity? The devs. We have people who work on the games from these cultures. That's it. That's literally it. If this creepy chart was made for the executive team to let us do our thing, that might track. But, I mean, I honestly don't think Overwatch really has faced much criticism about the diversity yes there was like a little bit of talk back then it's like they out of all the characters that they don't have they didn't have a a black woman at one point and then there was debate over Farah being black and Anna being black because they're from Africa but they're technically I guess that's considered more of an Arab Middle Eastern Egyptian kind of thing um, but mm -hmm. then they eventually came out with Sojourn so um that's literally the only diversity complaint I've ever seen about Overwatch. Aside from that, Overwatch typically has been seen as, as far as I know, a, a good, like seen as, as, as having good representation because there are so many diverse characters with so many diverse backgrounds that like, it's kind of been upheld as a beacon of good diversity in games. So it's ridiculous that like, if Overwatch doesn't use this, they're using Overwatch as like the test for this stupid tool. Yeah. It feels very weird for right. it to be like used in this kind of manner. Um I, I thought honestly it would like it, it just it just feels weird to just like rank people on diversity. That's that sounds mm -hmm. really really. Like, how like do you put a numerical up. value to having only one eye? 
or being old. Like, come on. <laughs> her facial feature slash beauty is slightly aged with a value of one. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound good. And it's like if it if it's based on like I don't know, some sort of like central like define like I don't know, there there has to be something central that they're they're using to base all the other numerical values on and like what is that what is that central figure considered is it like straight white man in like the their early 20s or something like how do you how do you as blizzard define that and like why did you think this was a good thing yeah who had, who at abk was like this this will this will please every diverse group that we have <laughs> This literally pleased no one. Yeah, this is this is the absolute worst thing you could have done. And like put just putting the numerical value on it like it makes everything so formulaic and soulless that like if if there were ever complaints before about like this just being to fill a like fulfill diversity for the sake of fulfilling diversity, putting numbers to it and make it making it formulaic only increases that criticism. You know? Yeah, you're only you're only making it worse. Ugh. I I, I really I remember I was sitting um at the festival and it was just like I think it was last day. No, it was Thursday when this was announced. So this was the day before last day and the, the league kind of had just ended. And then my friend was like looking at um, overwatch news and kind of just like catching up on the the matches that we missed. And he, he brought it up and I'm just looking at this chart and I'm like, what the hell is this? Why? And we just kind of sat in stunned silence for a little bit. It's like, this is the stupidest thing blizzard has done since a while and they've done a lot of stupid things recently like a lot of stupid things so congrats blizzard you just outdid yourself here congratulations you 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 played yourself at the very least they clarify that no one's actually using it now but like the fact that you announced this and thought it was a good idea I don't know, like in in some aspect, I I've read some comments that people are saying like Blizzard was in a tough spot and like backed into a corner. Like people complain about them like not being diverse enough. And then now that they try to show something that is like being diverse, they get complaints either way. But I think like I honestly think that this it shows that they don't know how to be to do diversity properly. At least the the execs or the people who are in charge of announcing this don't know how to do diversity properly. Yeah. It it just feels so weird like to like are some know. ethnicities ranked higher numerically than others? Yeah, like, am am I not of value? Like, <laughs> it's just so Kevin, weird. You're Japanese. You're not Egyptian. You're a four. I'm a four. I'm like a. <laughs> I mean, that's. I get that. I get that a lot. But like, still, it's. <laughs> that's not where it's I thought this was gonna go. It's just called Tinder. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not where I thought this was going at all. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just it feels weird, like to not, like not only to be categorized like that but also like it's just it's just weird in general i i didn't think that we would get to a point where like we have to kind of figure that out you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> i don't know it's just, it's, it's just weird it's a very weird thing we got going on here yeah yeah um Anyway, moving on to some other things. So I guess the first beta has ended. Is that right, Kevin, for Overwatch 2? The first beta is done? Yeah. Okay. So that's done. Uh, Overall, Kevin, what did you think of it? 
it still feels like Overwatch One. It's like, uh, okay. yeah, it, it it doesn't feel like there there wasn't a lot added. It's more like they took away something, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of like, like I get it. They're trying out new things. We all have to get used to whatever whatever they happen to throw at us. But at the same time, I do feel like, maybe like it just feels like we haven't gotten anything new. Um, mm-hmm. even, even with like the new changes to Orisa and, uh, and like the way how tanks play and how the game plays in general, it feels like there's nothing, there's nothing significant enough that has made like that will bring the entire Overwatch community back, you know? Right. It's gotta be something that's not super drastic, but like still something that like we could look forward to as a, as a community, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know there, I do know there are people out there who really enjoyed the beta and really enjoyed all the changes that were coming. But in general, like from what I've seen from the community and, and people talking is that, like you said, it still feels like Overwatch one. And it's like the way that I described it to someone is like, it's, it's like if the phrase this could have been an email was a video game. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a new game. It still feels like just a an update. Right. Like, I I feel like Donkey said it best in his video. I love Donkey. Yeah. It, he I've said, been watching like, so much Donkey th- recently. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't an Overwatch. This isn't Overwatch 2. This is Overwatch 1.1. 1. 1, right? Like there there hasn't been literally anything added to the game. It's just mm-hmm. like this tiny tiny little blip if anything of just like Hey, we sneezed on the game a little bit. Here's <laughs> here's your newest update, whatever, right? And now we have to deal with whatever the hell they gave us. <laughs> We're just like, okay. Um, it just feels weird. It feels like it it doesn't feel like there there was a ton added and it there wasn't. It it was mm-hmm. more of like we're gonna try something and if you if you don't like it, deal with it. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that, that is exactly what we, what we got from this. So with that in mind, um, the purpose of the beta was to gather data and see what works, what doesn't work and what needs to be fixed for the actual live game. Um, this current beta that we just had is over. There is going to be a new beta coming. Um, I don't think we have the exact date for that yet, but for on June 16th, there's going to be some kind of Overwatch event that's going to be happening. There's going to be a lot of updates coming, including the dates of the new PvP beta, I believe, and how to gain access to that new beta. Um, apparently there's going to be significant news coming, um, according to John Spector. Uh, the June 16th event is where we'll have more significant Overwatch 2 news to cover. So while we do want players to continue to hear from us, as you hopefully seen us doing in the last several months, for the next few months, we'll be somewhat quieter on Overwatch 2 communication. Um, don't know what significant means, but I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Overwatch, the Overwatch dev team's idea of significant is very different from what the community hopes means significant means. I honestly just want PVE at this point. Like yep. if we ever get PVE, like if we get a PVE beta, I'd be a lot more satisfied than what they're yeah. trying to give us right now. Just give us the, give us the Rio de Janeiro mission that you tested out at BlizzCon. Yeah. Like why that, has that not that is... been released yet? I mean, we talk about this all the time. But there is no reason in my mind that with this thing that we know works because you've tested it before, why you haven't released it to the wider community? Like, if if Overwatch 2's PvE is so significant to you, like, give us a reason for it to be significant to us, too. That is the only thing, I think, for me personally, right now, that's the only thing that they could announce that could save the condition that overwatch two is in right now, because like we talked last week they're they're losing, they lost so many 
subscribers. They like they had their their brief peak because people wanted to get the beta, and then no one cared. And so yeah, yeah, you have to make us excited for the game again. And if if it requires PVE to be pushed further up the pipeline, then do it. Like that that is the thing that a lot of us are looking forward to, and the kind of the new aspect. Because like right now the PvP is still the same. It is just Overwatch. 1.1 like it really doesn't feel like a lot of things have happened there so i do feel like that is another point that we have to you have to take into consideration moving forward in the meantime um we got a little bit of an update to update excuse me to the live game um as we've talked about previously with the the remix things that they're doing for the anniversary um, it's kind of like mini little mini batches of events, I guess, where they give us just recolored skins, which I mean, when they promised us that we'd have the most skins ever this year, I expected so much more out of them. And I'm still very disappointed by what's going on with it. Um, anyway, so the brawls are, are like the brawls are back, obviously, like. You get to play different events that have happened through Overwatch. So um, today, May 19th, it's going to be the archives. Then it's more archives. And then it's Lucio Ball on the this weekend on the 21st. Um, this is going for three weeks. It's going to be from May 17th, which was started this week on Monday, um, going all the way until June 7th. And by play, your play to win, excuse me, your play to win rewards, um, through these three weeks are going to be the Doctor Mercy skin, the Mardi Gras Sombra skin, and like of course the associated icons and sprays, and then the Maestro Sigma. The recolored skins that we get are the Hanzo Wolf one. It's called Dark Wolf. The Symmetra Dragon skin, which is the called the Hydra. Uh, Sombra's cat is called Neon Cat. Anna's Snow Owl is now a Night Owl. The Roadhog Toxic skin is now called Noxious, and it's like purplish. I think purple's probably purple and blue is like the theme of this one, um, where it was last session it was white, and then the Poison Dart Frog for Lucio's frog skins. So, I think that the Poison Frog looks kind of cool that's really the only one I would probably get. I have, I like Roadhog's original, like green noxious or green toxic skin better than the noxious one. The owl Mm -hmm. looks kind of cool. The wolf looks kind of cool, but like, I don't play those characters. So I don't really need those skins, but I'm just, yeah. (sighs) Blizzard do better, please. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I, I agree that a lot of these skins are literally just repalettes and they're not like they're not amazing just because like we we know all that all that they did is just like switch the color. But um, yeah, I do want more like creative skins. And I know that we're going to get into one that like I'm really excited to go and get. Um, but yeah in terms of like the remix events like yeah i get it you're trying to get players to come back and you guys don't have enough time to remodel a whole new skin but um i would rather have original skins rather than recolors like just give me take your time ask the community give us the skins that we want to see like the there was one that i saw like i i understand like this it would be kind of interesting to see if it would work but like it was a geisha and sumo wrestler ash like themed one where ash Ash is the geisha and then when you use bob it's a sumo wrestler like i would be 100 percent down for that but like i feel like they should do that contest again if they did the overwatch fan community skin contest again and then they said like your skin could be in the game we will we will credit you we will do whatever but like yeah i feel like that needs to be the point that needs to be made if you want community to come back bring that bring that to the bring that to the table if you want the community to come back involve the community 
Exactly. It seems simple, but it's it's like they, they're not getting it. Um, however, Kevin, you did kind of touch on it already. There is one skin that they're coming out with that's, I think, pretty cool, pretty interesting. Um, the, the caveat for this is you have to have Overwatch League tokens for it. So if you are a casual player who doesn't really watch the league, or if you're a player who watches the league but hasn't really bothered to tie your account to um, your Blizzard account to your YouTube account, which like for me, I did that for the longest time and I realized I might as well just do it. Um, there is a new Reaper Luchador skin coming out for the league. Uh, it actually is already out. It was released on the 17th and it's going to be available until the 25th. I believe this is, yeah, this is going to be 200 Overwatch League tokens is pretty much everything in the store for Overwatch League is 200 tokens. Um, and I believe you get, was it 10 tokens for every hour you watch, Kevin? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you have time, you kind of have a little bit of time to earn it now that Overwatch League is started up again. And we have like, three to four matches per day for three to four days every week so you have time to earn it i think this is really cool i will be burning some i'll be gladly burning some overwatch tokens for this if only they were doing more of this i think that you would people wouldn't be as mad at overwatch right now like this is a cool skin yeah like I would rather have like an event where you have great skins like this and we would just like eat that up all day. Like you don't have to like incentivize us any more than just have a really good skin. Like honestly, imagine, imagine this, like an event, you don't have to like work or play for it. Right. Um, It's just like, if you if you want to make it watch the league x amount of hours go for it but like it's a good skin like back back in the day way way back when we had that mercy like you know breast cancer awareness skin like things like that even though it's one skin a lot of people would go for it just because it is a good one that people want for their collection you know um this yeah. is another one like the luchador like luchador reaper is insane and like if you do have the tokens get it if you don't have the tokens watch them overwatch league try to get the tokens <laughs> and then get it or you know feel free to drop some cash too like it is such a beautiful skin that like honestly i just booted up overwatch i'm gonna buy it right now like <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it um yeah, I mean that's that's it for the like the news aspect of Overwatch. Um moving into the the league aspect, unless there's anything you wanted to talk about, Kevin. Not like that that's it news wise. Get get your Reaper skin if you want it. <laughs> uh watch more of the league. Friday. I will do that on Friday. Um anyway, so we just had week two of the league happen. Um yeah, so starting on the... Th we, we only had three days this week as opposed to four opening weekend. Um, but here are the results. So starting Friday, the Florida Mayhem went 3-0 against the Vancouver Titans. The San Francisco, San Francisco Shock went 3-1 over the Outlaws. The Rain lost 0-3 to the Washington Justice. Then on Saturday, the Spitfire went 3-1 over the Boston Uprising. The Dallas Fuel took it 3-2 over the LA Gladiators. And the Titans lost one to three against the NYXL. Um, on Sunday, the Houston Outlaws finally got another win, three to two over the Florida Mayhem. The San Francisco Shock went three to one over the Excelsior, and the Paris Eternal went zero and three over the or under the Toronto Defiant. So, not not the best week for for a lot of these teams. Like the the Titans just cannot get a break, but. Yeah, that was that was this week's matches. Um, I was really only able to watch two just because I was busy. Um, one that I did watch was the Rain versus the Justice on the first day. I didn't, I, I didn't watch all the the matches last week, but from what I, 
I don't, so I don't know if this is going to be the first time. If not the first time, this is one of the first times that the Overwatch League has featured two women casters at the same time. We had Vicky Kitty and Necra both casting, which I watched this match like mainly for that, just to celebrate this moment and see how they did. And I think they they did a fantastic job. They were effective communicators and they had a lot of energy. I think I want to see more of them paired up together. And I want to see maybe um, instances where one of them will pair up with, um, with lemon Kiwi and just do more women casting. Like, why is this, why is this such a first for the league? Yeah. I'm very glad that, that we had it. We were ready to go. And especially like showing that female casters do they they sound good it, it is something that like a lot of people are like oh well do, do. like it's it's not the same but like it is great it, as if they cover the same things it is a great thing to listen to um and i hope that they pair up more you know more people like this if they if they have more female casters um pair them up make make that a normal thing um you don't always have to split the desk you can split the desk but a lot of people are used to, you know, calling things together. So mm-hmm. make that a thing. Make make more, you know, make women casters a, a normal thing and don't just set it up for like a women's only event, right? Like make it a normal thing. Right. Just a curious thing. Like, how does it, I don't know if you have any insight into this, but how does like finding a casting partner work? I don't know if like, again, if the league would do it differently than maybe you've seen in um in other casting things kevin but like how does that work like how do you find a good casting partner do you just kind of like get paired up with somebody and like you vibe with them and you decide hey let's cast some more things in the future or or how does that work um i i do think that it is running into the right people at the right time um that does happen a lot um and I, I wouldn't say that that has happened all the time. Um, sometimes you do reach out to somebody and you're like, hey, I like your style. Let's cast together. Let's let's see if it works. I feel like for the Overwatch League, it was more like, hey, you're on cast. You have to cast with this person. Try it. If if we like it, we'll we'll continue on with it. But otherwise, just just do what you got to do, right? Um, like just do what you're already doing. But I do think that um for when it comes to like from from my experience of like running into not only great casters throughout my lifetime but also being with a bunch of different casters at different points in my life um i do think that it is finding somebody who you vibe with and that works that is something that's unique that no other pair can bring to the table and once you start bringing that, that's what makes you unique, and that's what makes you sought out for. Um, it, it's not just you know, oh, availability, like you happen to be working with this person, but more of a like that vibe that you bring with the other player, the other person who's on the opposite side of the mic. It is really important to not only like gauge the flow, but also to like bring something unique like i I guess the best example would be like if you Mm. were to split up brandon sideshow right it would be a very different vibe if you heard them cast with somebody else right Um, and that is just pace tempo and understanding the other person um like i mean if it was literally anyone else like from the foreheads podcast if it was like you know sideshow with golden boy you'd be like okay yeah that's that's that'll work um because they know each other very well or like brand with reinforce you'd be like that works so it's just a matter of figuring out like how well each person vibes and if they ever like step on their step on each other's toes or if it's like feeling it out for the most part um and yeah it most of the time you do run into it you you get lucky enough to be paired up with such amazing talent that you you like what they do um 
but at some point you can push it and be like okay i want to try you know with something else you i mean on the other side of the coin you do find casters who you're like i absolutely do not want to cast with this person again um or <laughs> like not not saying that has ever happened to me before but like there have been times where i'm like i don't vibe with this person as well as i do with someone else right and it's just personal preference and it's just a matter of like figuring out who works with you you know mm-hmm. which is i mean this is interesting because like necra normally casts with jaws and um vicky kitty normally casts with trid at least for for this season um, i'm guessing maybe they've done just to, to figure out these pairs a little bit they probably did a little bit of um of testing during the off season of like, Hey, let's, let's run like a, a, a mock cast with the, mm-hmm. with these, these pairs. And like, they, they eventually found that these work the best and maybe they prepped and deprepped each other. So, um, I think it's, it's interesting that like the, the, these two women don't normally cast with each other and they were kind of just thrown into it. I don't know what went into that. But like for you, Kevin, if you were like kind of just thrown into like casting with someone new, how would you how would you be able to like adapt to that? Because you're not really used to that other person's style. Um, I mean, it happens all the time where you you get thrown into a casting pair and you're like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, you, you have to remember that everybody who does cast has a passion for the game. It's not like they're phoning it in every time. Um, it's more of a like when you do cast with somebody else who enjoys the game just as much as you do, or even provides more commentary or like adds to what you've already given, it is great. And when you do have that, it creates something that cannot be replicated. Um, I've the best example of this, honestly, is a casting duo that should have made it to the Overwatch League a long time ago, but they never got their shot. Was um Bubasaurus and Ham Tornado like the two of them had such a chemistry that was it's irreplicable like you cannot make that chemistry again and if it ever does if they ever do get called back like I would give them the thumbs up like immediately but it is one of those groupings where I will never see a group like that ever again I will never see a duo that is in sync with each other that much um and like it is trial and error it's a matter of finding out who works with you and sometimes you find somebody else who who works better than who you've casted with in the past and it's just a matter of like keeping those connections on in esports it's very it's a very weird thing where like you're both how can i say it? you're both competing for a spot but you're also supporting each other to get there you know so <laughs> It it is a very weird space in that fact. Yeah, it's competitive, but it's also cooperative. Yeah, like you have to be able to cooperate with everybody and and, and play nice, but at the same time, you are fighting for these like limited spots that are available. Hmm. Um. Okay, so just to get into the the limited um, viewing that I was able to do, um. So rain v justice. I honestly thought that the rain would take it. Not nothing against the justice. I just think, in general, like the 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 players on the justice um are good, but they haven't played with each other as long as like some of the players on the rain have been together. Like Hawk has been on on the uh, the rain for for a while, I believe, and and I don't know. I just the rain just typically have performed better, and my remembering, I could be remembering completely wrong. Um, and I know that this is a new team. I just, I had my money on the rain and it was not, it, it didn't go that way. They were, they got three owed. Um, so the first map Coliseo, it was a lot of back and forth. I, I think just the presence of, of stronger DPS, like decay and happy really pushed the justice over the edge on this one. Like, um, I, I think Happy did a lot of damage on his Soldier 76, but like Decay got an 80% pulse bomb success rate. That's huge. 80%? Yeah, that that's crazy. That's like 
out of, I mean, if you want to break it down into basic math, it's like four out of five shots hit. It's you take that number Mm -hmm. like that. That is just a great like setup overall. Yeah. Um, So moving to Dorado, um, this is where I think you really see the impact of the Widowmaker like currently right now in like so th- there's been a lot of complaints that people are saying like with only one tank widowmaker is just so much more effective because there isn't as much protection or um or shielding that you could do to protect from like the headshots or like really good snipers and and the angles are and whatnot so happy really demonstrated the effectiveness of widow to be able to get important first picks and have huge sight lines and deny a lot of um of push from or just putting your body on the point um even when you have an attack widow like uh the the justice did um it was pretty much happy the entire time on this map um mag created a lot of space also with his winston so it like interesting that you would have a widow on a dive kind of comp but it's like happy would use the widow to have long range effectiveness and then you would have um mag and the rest of the team to just dive in and and do some quick cleanup so you have both range and close quarters damage like completely taken care of with the winston here and and that composition um Kai did a, a little, uh, did a good start for the rain on their attack. He outsniped Happy twice and forced him to switch. It just, I don't think it was enough. Like Doomfist right now, in the right hands, it can be a good tank. But like, just compared to the shield ability and maneuverability of the Winston, plus like the constant damage, like I don't like Winston as a tank, but I don't think the Doomfist right now has as much of a presence and is having as much of an impact as a Winston. Yeah, I I do agree. Like Doomfist, like is still getting used to being a tank. Um, And this is one of those games where, you know, a little bit of a change can shift the way how players like think about the game overall. So um, yeah, I, I do think that, it's going to take some time for Doomfist, either like a new patch or um, or even just like getting more playtime. Uh, it, it feels like, you know, it feels like it should be a DPS, but it still is like absorbing a lot more of the damage than it, it should have. Um, another interesting thing I just wanted to point out, um, the fact that they're using Hawk over Gator is mm-hmm. something that like it, it feels weird to me um i don't know if that that is just me but like gator is one of those like tank players they still have him signed to the atlanta rain so i'm surprised that they're not using him more because i I feel like he's gator does more of like shield tank than dive tank i think i think that might be why because i know Gator mostly for his sigma play yeah like i i understand that change but i still feel like in terms of like consistent like play i i liked what gator gave the team but like yeah i do understand if they're like trying to split the difference with um having hawk and gator like hawk learns the dive tanks and let gator play the the shield tanks when you need them but Mm -hmm. it it does feel a little bit it, it feels like you know it is still new um maybe they're they're trying something out but i i would like to see that in the future yeah I mean, I don't, at the current state, if that's what they're doing, I don't see Gator getting a lot of play because a lot of this is so dependent on, as we've seen, like dive compositions. There's so much Winston. Mm-hmm. There's so much Doomfist. There's only like a smattering of the other tanks. So I I wonder if we'll ever actually see a meta shift into something where Gator would come out and play. Because Gator did pretty well on the tank. I think he did a fine job but we'll see if he comes back. Um, so for the map three of, of this match, it was Eichenwald. It went to two rounds of attack. Um, the rain started this one and they had a, like 
a very almost immediate three kill and flip. So it's like, oh, where where was the uh, the energy and this coordination from the rain before? Um, it, it and then from there it was just a lot of momentum. Um, they went from using Doom to using Zarya, which was really good for them because it gave them that energy for the Zarya, which is a lot more consistent damage, plus a little bit of the shielding with the bubbles. So there's a little bit more escape potential and a little bit more survivability for the team as opposed to just like survivability of the tank. Um, and and from just from that initial point take, they they just continued their steamroll and just didn't let the justice get a good hold, which is why they they won this round. And I feel like this map in particular just shows the the steamroll potential of Overwatch two with only one tank. Um, round two, the was the justice attack. Um, what was I saying here? Uh, I think the fighting was a little bit scrappier, definitely here. Um, the time bank wasn't nearly as good for the justice as it was for the rain. Um, but I think the justice just with, as they proved throughout this match, they are the stronger team currently. Their DPS are definitely a lot stronger. I feel like they had the better compositions in general, just still using the Winston over the Zarya gives you a little bit more of, of a better escape ability. Plus the, um, again, you can attack multiple people with the Tesla cannon Plus the the bigger bubble shield gives you a little bit more damage soaking, I guess you could call it. Um, but the really big moment of this this round was at the very end when the rain are trying to attack or trying to not attack, trying to contest. Um, who was their Lucio? Their Lucio was, um, I think it was yeah, it was opener. There's there's two players trying to jump on the point, and opener gives a really just this excellent boop off the point so they can't even touch it and it's like it, it looked like a c9 but it wasn't a c9 it was just a very excellent boop um and then round three and four was just it was a it was a, the rain just not being able to use their ultimates as effectively as the justice did um the the rain did get a stop eventually but i think like the justice overall prove and i'm just saying this that they at this in this iteration they are the better team uh decay got player of the game i would have given it to happy honestly i feel like i feel like the 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 casters whoever was voting were impressed by the the tracer play and like the 80 percent stick but i think that happy was a more deciding factor and more consistent so that's just my thoughts um, and then the other match that I watched was the day three outlaws versus the mayhem. Um, I'm surprised, honestly, that the outlaws won this one. Um, I feel like just, I just kind of want to wrap up at this point, but I mean like the outlaws are still, I think learning what to do with this team. I feel like what's, what really, um, what, what am I saying? the the thing that was bad for the um the the mayhem is i feel like they're they're a little too cocky yes the outlaws aren't the greatest team ever but there's still a lot of technical prowess with this team i feel like the best way to to see this was watching the king's row map which is i think it's it was the third map um so when the outlaws are attacking for example um the mayhem get a couple of good stops and they push all the way to spawn camp so the outlaws are, are having such a hard time getting out but eventually they are going to get out because they have the spawn advantage there they have the spawn room right there so it, it eventually like it, it causes trouble for the um the the, the mayhem where when they lose that's that that's such a huge free push for the outlaws to just to move the point and there's there's no way to really get back and contest in time um so they lose that point eventually and then also um on on the mayhem's attack um they're just they're super they're pushing way too forward 
from the point where they're not even capping it. They're like, if you look at round one, when, or not round one, but but checkpoint one, where it's at the main plaza, they need to cap that point. They're pushing all the way past the the choke and the the little bridge air or the what is it called the tunnel area there there's no one on point so you're losing so much time and then it's just it they're they're not they're not playing to the objective they're playing just to show look how strong we are like we're we're trolling you and i feel like that's kind of a mentality that killed them in the end yes they went to five maps but still like this is a loss for you when if you'd played smarter and more um more to the objective you might have you might have beaten the outlaws yeah the the way how my old coach used to put it and i mean i'll probably pass this down later down too but it's take the space that you know you can safely like you have to remember you know overwatch is still an objective game it is a game of getting certain things done but mm-hmm. you also have to be aggressive enough to take space and understand how much space you can take and when it's okay to like go ahead and back up, you know? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on I, spawn camping? So I'm 50-50 on it because like as a as a player, you're like, take it. Like it, that's free space. But the the downside of spawn camping is really dependent on how much space you can get out of it you know so like if you spawn camp it's worth it if you know you can guarantee the kill and they can't just back up and survive right um the other half of it is knowing um that what you do whatever space like let's say if you do spawn camp and die know that like you've gotten more benefit out of it rather than like rather than waiting you know so for example like if you're on king's row and you're pushing that last point in or like you're you're trying to get to point two right like you're trying to push it to that final like not the final point but like the the point before it it's okay to go and spawn camp because you know you're buying time for your team to get that objective so like you're you're weighing mm-hmm. your death versus like the objective itself and it might be worth it. So you just have to kind of, so your take is if, if you can calculate the risk versus the reward is better. It's not, you don't have like a, for you, it's not like a general, like if you can spawn camp, do it. If you can't don't, it's like, if you can spawn camp and guarantee the kill, then do it kind of a thing. It's more of a, yeah, it is a risk versus reward thing. Cause like sometimes like it's not worth it to spawn camp. If you can't, get value out of it Mm -hmm. um like yeah you could spawn camp but like if you die spawn camping all it does is reset your timer and you have to go back to the fight right Mm -hmm. um okay it it just takes a lot of time to to deal with that um but other than that you should be fine one thing that i do think is interesting just looking at this stage of the league is like how Pretty much the only tanks that we're seeing that are effective are Doomfist and um, Winston. There's a little bit of like the Zarya again is we've seen as a little bit effective, but like Ryan is not really used a ton because he, he's he's kind of slow. Um, same thing with Sigma. There's and and with Roadhog, they don't have the speed and maneuverability. Well, maybe Reinhardt has a little bit more of the maneuverability. But they don't have like that, I guess you could say dynamism as like a Winston or a um a Doomfist has. And even Diva, like Diva's not wasn't nearly as effective as Piggy would have liked when uh, on Route 2 when Piggy was subbed in for Dante. And then after that, they just like took Piggy out of rotation to put Dante back in because they were at least getting some results with the Doomfist. But like I'm wondering if if we'll ever see the other tanks like truly effective or if it's just going to be like Winston doom the entire season. Yeah. I hope that there is a shift enough of a shift to get people to like, 
to switch up and pick what they want, but I really don't know if that is going to be an- enough. I mean, once again, like we as the players can't like I I hate to say it, but like we can't learn from this yet because we can't we like we don't have access to the beta uh, as much as other people do. So like it it still feels like we're all learning about the game mm-hmm. and like right now dive seems to be working but like maybe it's because we don't know how to play the others you know we don't know how to do like we don't know how to how to play the other side yet yeah okay Anyway, so let's look at what is coming next week for the league. Um, Or this week, technically. Yeah, this week. So starting on Friday, um, we're going to have... Dear God, it's 3 a.m. Oh, this is going to be the APAC games, starting with some of those. So (laughs) Friday at 3 a.m. for Pacific time, the Philly Fusion are going to face the Shanghai Dragons. The Gangzhou Charge are going to face the LA Valiant. Uh, the Soul Dynasty are going to face the Hangzhou Spark. Um, there's going to be an encore of the Fusion Dragons game. Uh, the Justice are going to face the Paris Eternal. The NYXL are going to face against the Florida Mayhem. And the Fuel are going to take on the Defiant. Then on Saturday, again at 3 a.m., the Gangzhou Charge are facing the Hunters. The Spark are facing the Dragons. The Valiant are against the Dynasty. The Charge are against the Hunters. And the, the Outlaws are against the Spitfire. The Gladiators are against the San Francisco Shock, and the Defiant are against the Uprising. Um, And on Sunday, the Charge are against the Fusion, the Dynasty are against the Hunters, the Spark are against the Valiant, the Charge are against the Fusion, which is an encore of the the first match of the day. Um, The Vancouver Titans are against the Rain, the Fuel are against the Eternal, and the Justice are against the Uprising. I think the Gladiators Shock game would be interesting. I want to see if the Outlaws can take it against the Spitfire. The Spitfire aren't doing too well right now, but with how inconsistent the Outlaws are, always could be a very bad time for them. Um, Philly Fusion versus the Shanghai Dragon should also be interesting, I think. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot to to look out for. The other the other thing is the, the SF Shock, is they still have a perfect record. Um so we'll see if that gets dethroned, especially by like the LA Gladiators. I expect that to be a really good match um, this week as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting next week. Uh, keep your eyes peeled or keep your keep your eyes open uh, on these games. You know, just make sure that there's anything that you guys do want to watch or want to focus on. Uh, let us know. For sure. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Kevin, before we finally wrap up for the week? Uh, no, I, I mean, just I hope that we get good games moving forward. I know that it's still early in the season, um, but we will hopefully get to see more of them uh, later down the line. And especially as we start like pushing towards, you know, safer regulations, too, I wouldn't mind going back to the idea or the cool thought of potential home stands, you know? Um, oh my God. I, I can't wait to hopefully get something in California. Yeah. If, if we get home stands again, you know, I I'm definitely down to travel. Um, I mean, even, even if it is just like a, a one day deal for me, um, I'd still go down and enjoy whatever I could. Um, well, I can, you know, uh, yeah. we're supposed to have a kickoff clash pretty soon. We're, we're having qualifiers next week and then the uh the kickoff clash is actually week five so that is something that we have to look forward to um that's going to be hosted in dallas um so just things to think about and hopefully we get to see a lot more moving forward all right guys thanks for tuning in with us this week hope you enjoyed our our babbling as always um stay safe and we will catch you
Next week, we update you on the Overwatch League and the world of gaming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at BLEAVNOWL at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.